Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Happy 2020. Happy 2020 to you, Pastor, as well. Are we awake? We good? Good, okay. Um, like Pastor Marianne said, we start a, a new series today titled Keep the Change. And I want to pray before we get this going. Is that okay? Is that okay? Hey, listen, I, I see a lot of familiar faces. But if you're new to the house, here at New Vision, you're able to speak back to me. Okay? So if I say yes, okay. Do you hear me? Okay. We good? You can talk back to me, man. This is not, you know, I talk about this all the time. It's funny how people get, like, crippled at church. I have some of you on Instagram. Who are you trying to fool, man? Like, some of you can't even, like, raise your hands and you throw down somewhere else. Come on now. So why? there is joy in the house of the Lord. Like, you don't need to be different. Like, be who you are in the house of the Lord. Like, like you don't need to put up a front for nobody. Again, we, <laughs> we know. So y'all here, y'all clapping like, and I know you can move your body more than that. Like, like people, I don't know. I don't know if it happens. What is, it's like when the AC hits you, is it the AC? Like people are like, come on now. Y'all remember them typical days. Don't make me, I'll come after you. So come on, man. There's joy in the house. Shake the person next to you and say, wake up. You can do better than that. Come on now. Hey, I'm just being real. Can I be real here? I'm just being real because I know it, I know it ain't true. It ain't true, man. Come on now. So come on, loosen up a little bit. Let's, let's, there's joy in the house of the Lord. And I just want to pray before we get started now that we're awake. And I believe the Lord has a word for all of us this morning. Uh, the Spanish service was crazy, and uh, the Holy Spirit moved in a powerful way, and I believe he's available for us right now. Let us pray. Lord, we, we are grateful for Jesus. We're grateful for salvation. We're grateful that we have the Holy Spirit uh, who leads us, who instructs us, who just speaks to us and guides us. So today we are fully dependent on your Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. Uh, Lord, I pray that you give me the, the boldness to deliver this word in the same way that you gave it to me. It's working in me and it's working for me. And I believe that one of the things that you want to do in this new year is shift our mentalities. So today, Lord, allow us to just silence the voices, the stuff that we left outside. Uh, if we're nervous about grabbing our phones because we are not scrolling through our timelines, but the world is going to be okay without us. So everything will be okay for the next hour or so. Nobody's going to die. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> so let us just concentrate in you, Lord. And just, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you guys are watching the news or even scrolling through your feeds, but uh, this song was so perfectly placed today, the song We Need to Move. Because, like I said, I don't know if you're paying attention, but 
we need a move of God and for our nation and for the next season that we're about to come into. I know that we're living in a season that, and we're living in times that people make memes out of everything and people make fun of everything and everything is a joke, but this is reality. And uh, I hope that, I, it doesn't matter how you feel about our president. I have my personal opinion about it. I hope that you're praying for him. I hope that you're praying for this country. I hope that you're praying for the troops that are abroad, their family members. This is real for the country of Iran. And, and I believe that we need a move. We need, we need the Holy Spirit to intervene. Because listen, two people, two men, flesh and flesh may not be able to agree. But if the Holy Spirit walks in the room, he makes all things different. And as believers, we respond differently. So be careful what you share. Be careful what you, you put into the atmosphere during this time. Are you praying for your country? Are you putting out words of, of encouragement? Are you saying, I'm believing God through this? Or are you joining the masses? So just pray. And not just change your your avatar and, you know, put the flag of the country. No, no, no. Really pray and really pray for healing. Really pray for discernment because, I mean, what's set up, to, it's biblical, but we're asking, we're asking the Lord to cover us. And man, I just wanted to bring that to our attention because we do need a move. We need a move of God and we need God to influence the influencers. And we need God to influence the people that are making decisions that are going to affect your life and the life of your children. And uh, this is not a drill. <laughs> this is not a drill. And like Pastor Marianne said, we're kicking off a new series today titled Keep the Change. We try to make it, you know, a little play on the words and you'll see some, some change there on the, on the screen. But um, I don't know if it happens to you, but... Sometimes when I write down my New Year's resolutions for myself or for my family, I find myself writing the same things I wrote last year. Does that happen to you? Like, you write down the things and you're like, lose weight, uh, get in shape, uh, save, <laughs> save, uh, read my Bible, uh, pray find a mate, have kids, whatever it is, get married. <laughs> but I find myself going back to my list. If you write it down or somewhere, you can access it. And I see myself finding the same things. And I'm like, this is a problem. If the change that we want is not happening, it's because something is missing. And I think we all want change, but what I believe is that what we truly long for is for permanent change, right? Like, we don't want a temporary change. We want things to change, and we want things to stick. Am I talking to somebody today? And I think that when we write those things on our list, I think that I think many times we write them down because they sound dope, right? Because if you screenshot it and send it to somebody, they'll be like, oh, goals, hashtag goals or whatever. Or, or you, want to, you want to put it on your social media to get a lot of likes, but you don't really believe it in, in the depth of your, you know, like 
I'm going to lose 20 pounds. It's like, ah, like, you write it because it looks good, right? And, and today, we're going we're gonna to dive into this, and we're going to look in the book of Acts. And if you know or don't know, Acts is the, is the book that follows the Gospels. You're going to see uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you'll see there is just the story of Jesus from different perspectives. But the book of Acts, you're going to see play out what Jesus said to his disciples and their command to go and preach uh, to the nations and make disciples. And when we pick up, when we pick up the story, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the story in Acts chapter 3, and we have that in our screen, you can follow along. This is one of the, this is one of my favorite stories in scripture. And um, let's get right to it. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. So it was a custom that they inherited from their um, uh, parents, from, you know, grandparents that, hey, listen, what we do is that we go to prayer at 3 p.m. That's what we do. Now a man who was lame from birth, everyone say from birth. Everyone say from birth. Was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those that were going in the temple courts. What's funny about this is that he was at a beautiful gate with an ugly condition. And I think that sometimes it happens to some of us that we come to a beautiful place like church, but we walk in with an ugly condition. And, and we walk in here expecting the Lord to do something next when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he said, it's time for money. He asked for money. If one thing this lame man knew was where to be and at what time, right? I guess he had this like clockwork, right? I, go, I want you to take me right in front of New Vision Church, and I want you to take me there at 1045 when the Spanish crowd is leaving and when the English crowd is leaving. So he knew where to be and at what time good thing is that he also knew how to pick his friends for that season. Why? His friends knew where to take him. See, they were like, don't drop me off at Pollo Tropical. Don't drop me off at McDonald's. Drop me off at the, at the beautiful gate. Something else to note. As Christians, generosity should flow out of See, he knew that if he was with the Christians at the time of prayer, something was going to stick. See, if the Holy Spirit is residing in you, there is no way you can't be generous. A Christian that's not generous, it's an oxy, it's, it's, there's a disconnect there. He, the people of God need to be the most generous people. See, that's the reason why we have our food pantry, because we give by grace, by what grace we have received. So when he saw Peter and John, he said, it's time for money, right? The Christians are coming. The generous people, at least I hope. Peter looked straight at him, because Peter was just that type of dude. As did John. Then Peter said, look at us. This man said, I said, I made my Christmas. This is this is, look at us. He's going to bless me. He's going to. So the man gave him his attention. 
Think about it. You're begging for money, and someone say, hey, Will, look at me. I'm, I'm ready. So the man gave him his attention with expectation. He said, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, <laughs> John was like, you speak to him. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. Now, being raised in an urban city and being raised in the Dominican Republic, I've seen this play out many times, and this can go one of two ways. If you're speaking to somebody that's asking for money, if you drive by, there's no problem. But if you stop and you tell them, hey, look at me, and they have your attention, and you say, hey, listen, but I, ha I have no money. <laughs> it's either going to go down, some hands are going to be thrown, or, 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 I mean, or, or Jesus is going to show up. So he says, hey, listen, I know you're expecting something. That's what the word says, right? But uh, silver or gold, meaning what you're asking for, I do not have. Now what I do have is something that you're not even asking for, but you need. <laughs> but what I do have, in other words, what I carry, in other words, what I preach, what I live, I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, next verse so taking him by the right hand the right hand in scripture is a, is a hand of authority the bible says that jesus sits at the right hand of the father the bible says that he holds us with his mighty right hand there's a there's a there's authority in the right hand so he says uh and in, in, in the um uh like uh, culture and the other side of the world like for example women need to sit down at the right hand of their husband if you're going to pass me, if I say, hey, listen, pass the ketchup, and you pass it to me with the left hand, it's disrespect. See, the right hand is, 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 is significant, of, of, significant of, of authority. So he says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Now, does this matter to us? It doesn't. But Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, was a doctor. So he wanted to make sure that you knew that his feet and ankles became strong. It's irrelevant to the story, so we may think. So he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Next. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple. In other words, what people knew about him was his old nature. What people knew about him was his label. Isn't it funny that sometimes you get and come in contact with people that can't accept the new you? Over here, right? No one over here? Right? Sometimes you can't, you come in contact with people that the only thing that they can do is remind you of your past. come in contact with people that all they can joke about is what we did and remember what we happened. By the way, just a side note, those people need to be removed from your life. See, if you can't accept my new nature and all you can remember is me being at the beautiful gate as a lame man asking for change, I can't hang with you because I'm no longer that man. Over here, I say over here. I get him, I'm getting no love over here. 
But doesn't that happen to you too? That you come in contact with people that are from your past and all they can speak about is your past? And it's like a broken record every time you get together with them. All they want to remind you is about the old stories and about the things. Yo, you remember when we, and I'm like, that's cool, man. But every time we link up, we can't be talking about what we did. Oh, it got really quiet in the room. Anyways, I'm going to move on. <laughs> you know, when people get quiet, it's because they're listening, right? So they recognize them as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called beautiful. And they were filled with wonder, awe, and amazement of what happened to him. I don't know if it happens to you, but I get together sometimes with people that I went to high school or college with, and they're like, I just can't believe it. You're a pastor? Nah. Doesn't happen to you? Hey, look, hey Will, let's do, nah, man, I don't, what do you mean you don't do that anymore? Well, you know, this is what happened. Doesn't happen to some, some of you? Oh, I'm, I feel so alone right now. That happens to some of you. They were in amazement. They couldn't accept his new nature. See, some people are so fixated with your label that they can see you walking and they will still call you by your old nature. There's some people that will see you married with children and they will be trying to, you know, Try to talk to you about, hey, listen, what are we going to do this weekend? And we go, oh, bro, I'm married with three kids. What you talking about? I'm going to be at the crib with, with the boys, washing clothes and folding clothes and washing dishes. Don't leave me alone. Is there anyone else that that, that happens to them? So they were in amazement of what happened to him. So while the man held on to Peter and John, he held on to them. He said, I'm not letting you go. All the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. In other words, they went to the center terrace and they were like, we got we to gotta see what's going on next. So when Peter saw this, he said, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or, or godliness, we had made this man walk next. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. And today I just want to speak from the subject of, next slide, change that makes sense. Change, change that, that makes sense. And if, and if we're going to talk about a new year and talk about resolutions and things that we want to change, I think that in order to do that, we need to identify what real change is. Can I explain? Can I explain? All right, we're, we're getting it. See, because we may think, hey, listen, what I need to do is lose weight and get in shape. Right? So when we get in shape, now we go from uh, having an obsession with food to having an obsession with the gym and pictures and, and, and your body, and we're still doing the same thing, just a different flavor. See, what happens is that when we think about change, we always think about change in a superficial way. 
See, because we may think, hey, listen, what I need to do is finish this relationship and start a new relationship, and then you go to another relationship, and you're thinking that the change of relationship is the change, but the change that you need is the lack of forgiveness in your life. See, some of us think that the change that we need is money. I need to make more money, and when you make more money, more money, more and if you haven't fixed your budgeting issue, it doesn't matter how much money you make. See, because sometimes we feel that the superficial change is going to fill up the void that only real change can do. So some of us jump from relationship to relationship expecting someone to fulfill us when it's not about the someone, it's about Jesus filling that void and you'll be full with the person that you already have. Some of us think that changes geographically. No, because if I move to Tampa, if I move to Orlando, see what you're missing is that you're taking your same person over there. Can I get some real people on this side? Sometimes, it, no, because if I change church, if I, see, there's one minor detail. You're going with you. <laughs> you are going with you, and you're going to be the same wherever you are. Someone say Amen. Someone say, no, because if I, God, if you give me another husband, guess what? That husband's going to have to deal with the real you. <laughs> See, because we think about change the wrong way. We think change as in the, what we see and not the roots of what's causing the issue. Am I speaking to somebody today? Sometimes we're like, hey, so I see some people getting obsessed with the gym, and that's good to be in shape. But what's happening is they're filling a void to be accepted by someone that they move from, from one vice to another. One time it may be food and you overeat. And then you're like, you know what, I'm going to get it. But it's, you get in shape and then you start taking pictures of people uh, and posting and look at me. Because now you, you went from one, spectrum to the, one side of the spectrum to the other. But you're still needing to be filled. That void is still empty. And I think that sometimes... When we view change, we always view it from the standpoint of, if that happened, I will be better. And what God is really wanting to do is really giving us the thing that we are not even asking for. See, because when we think about change, we think about wants and not needs. See, some of us want some things that the Lord knows is not good for you really quiet in the room. Somebody talk back to me. See, I've come to the understanding that God's no's are better than some yeses. See, I came to tell some of the women here today that it's good that he broke your heart. I know you don't want to hear that. It's good that he broke your heart because God know, God knows and knew <laughs> what you needed instead of what you wanted. If you think about this story, this man didn't want healing. What did he want? He wanted money. See, and what the Lord did, and this is where this title comes into life, what the Lord did, he gave him healing, and he gave him change that made, that made sense. So you no longer need sense because you can get up your damn self and go to work and make the money that you need. And I know that, and I know that this is not a popular message. I'm aware of this. 
But one of the things I've understood in my life is that sometimes I'm asking the Lord for things straight out of my flesh that I'm thinking that if he gives it to me, we're going to be good. Lord, I want, some of us want more money and if the Lord gives you more money, it'll be a bigger disaster. So you know what? He keeps you humble because that's the only way I can keep you redirected to me. Some of us are screaming for breakthrough and the Lord's like, if I gave you a breakthrough, boy, ooh, I won't see you again. <laughs> man, I, man, it's great to be a pastor, but sometimes like, Lord, help me. I see some people crying their hearts out here. The Lord blesses them. The Lord answers the prayer. I'm like, what about me? You don't love me. Like, see, sometimes the Lord keeps us, keeps us recalibrated by saying no. One of the things I teach my children is that sometimes my no is bigger than my yes because I love you enough to say no to you. We have Disney passes as a family, and we can go whenever we want. And sometimes we say no, but they were like, oh, but we have passes. We don't have to pay. But we're saying no because you need to learn no. Because you're going to be confronted with a world that's going to say no many times. And I need you to know how to absorb that no from your father and your mother before you need to absorb it from somebody else. So he wants to give us change that makes sense, not, not a temporary change. And I know that. Some of us are like, Lord, but I've been, but I've been at church three weeks in a row. <laughs> Lord, I've been praying for a week. And the Lord is like, see, that's temporary change. I want to create dependence. Oh, I'll get into that. Next, next, next verse. I believe I have Psalm 76, 11, because when you make vows to the Lord, make sure you fulfill them. Listen, I don't know if it happens to you, but. When people get into a really bad situation, the first thing that comes out of my mouth, Lord, I promise you. Is that anybody here? Man, I remember before the Lord had a, a hold on me, <laughs> being on that toilet and be like, Lord, I promise you I'll never drink again. Anybody said that before? Just be real. Oh, so many Come on, man. Be real. This is a real crowd. Lord, I promise you if you give me this job. Lord, I promise you if she says yes. When you make vows to the Lord, make sure you fulfill them. And let all the neighborhood lands bring gifts to the one that needs to be feared. And I think that the change that we really need is a change that sticks. And when we view change from a superficial standpoint... We're setting ourselves up for failure, and that's the reason why going back to my main point, original point, that's why we put something down on our list in January, and by the time it's March, it's like we stopped doing it. I know people paying a gym membership that haven't been there in seven months. Any testimonies in the room? <laughs> well, next slide, next slide. And this is... And this is what I received for 2019. Maybe not for you, but for me. I believe that I aim too low. 
This man, he aimed too low. He was in the presence of someone that can bring him healing. And all he was thinking about was change. Was change. Some sense. See, what the Lord told me as I wrote this message down is that some of us have been crippled for so long that we don't believe that healing is possible, so we stop asking for it. This man had been lame from birth. The scripture said that, right? So he couldn't fathom the thought that healing was possible. So he had no language for healing. The only language was, that he had was for begging. And I think that when I think about that I aim too low, I'm thinking about my prayer request for 2019. And most of them, I could do by myself. Yes, we know the Lord gives us the breath in our lungs. I get that. But if you need to pay your bills, all you need is a job. not too complicated. I think we over-spiritualize certain things. Right? There's certain things that God has given you the ability to do. And I think that sometimes in our prayer requests, we feel like we're going to intimidate God some way, somehow, by the size of our prayer. See, this man was at the beautiful gate and all he can think of was change. And how many of us walk into church just saying, God, just help me get through this week. The Lord's like, that's all? You need my help for, for this week? That, that's, that's, the, that's how big you see me? The Bible says he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or even think of. And, and this is for me. I don't know if this applies to you, but I aim too low for 2019. I was telling the Spanish crowd that for 2020, my, my list, I have prayers that when I repeat them, I get scared myself. Because how you perceive them is how you will receive them. Some of us only view Jesus as that baby in a manger and don't see him as the resurrected king, as the one that can do the impossible. As the one, by just by, by the sound of his voice, he spoke earth into existence. He spoke the seas. He spoke the water. He spoke everything into existence just by. So is there anything too hard for the Lord? And I think that just like the lame man, we aim too low. Sometimes it's generationally. Sometimes our parents have told us, this is who we are, you know, this is, we don't, we don't mess with anybody, but this is what we be, we go in, we work, and we're humble, good people, and that's all good, but God wants to give you something for you to make the change, for you to give the sense out, he doesn't want to give you sense, he wants to heal your legs, did you aim too low, and I think to answer that, I aim too low because maybe I've been crippled for too long. Maybe I haven't been exposed to something else. Listen, I, I was speak, speaking to a pastor friend of mine who was in Haiti, and he was in a, in a crusade. You know, they were preaching and healing. And he was telling me, Will, I've never experienced this, but when you move in different circles, you experience different things. 
when you move in different circles, you experience different things. So he was there, and he said they were praying for a young girl who had like a big tumor right here on the side of her neck. And he's like, Will, they laid her hands on her, and I saw that thing shrink right before my eyes. And he said, one thing is to read it. <laughs> one thing is somebody to tell you, like I'm telling you right now, right? You got to go by my word. But one thing is being in the room and that happening. And I think that many of us don't think something else is possible because the group around us is toxic. See, you're, see, the people that have your ear are people just full of negativity, full of, oh, you ain't going to do that. The Lord can't do that. Oh, the Lord can't. Why are you still at that church? And you're being tricked into believing the lie of the enemy. See, if you want different results, you're going to need a different circle. And I'll prove it to you. Scripture says that when he was healed, he, hold, he held on to John and he held on to Peter. What happened to his old crew? He understood that his old crew could, could only take him so far. See, all you can do for me is take me to the beautiful gate. You can't move me past that season. And I think that some of us are holding on to people that we're wanting to bring them into the, the next season. And the Lord is like, there's only space for one. And I get it. There's emotional, I get it, trust me. I have 20-year-old friendships. I have 30-year-old friendships. I, and I get it. There's these emotional attachments to people because they make us laugh, they make us feel good, but they're toxic and they can only take you to the gate because they want you to continue asking for change. And until you get rid of those people and you hold on to the people that are going to take you to the house of the Lord, he said, you know what? Thank you. You guys brought me to the gate, but I'm sticking with these two fellas. If you read chapter 4, uh, Peter and John, they went to trial for preaching the gospel. They wanted to murder. Guess who was there? Buddy. He was like, y'all going to trial? So am I. Y'all going to jail? So am I. So am I. See, because we can't walk into a new season with, with a book bag. And I know, I look, I'm looking at some of your faces and, and I can sense it myself. I know it sucks and I know it hurts. But there's some things you need to cut off just like if it was a credit card. There's some things that is not even easier way out. And I'll get to that in a moment. Scripture says that when he got up, instantly he ran to the temple. In other words, you guys brought me, you guys can bring me here, but I'm running. So what, 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 what do you mean by that, Pastor? Some things you need to run away from. If you're thinking you're going to cut that friendship incrementally, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen incrementally because, you know, guess what? We're not strong enough. We're not. Otherwise, we would have done it a long time ago. Yeah, you're, you're preaching to me, Pastor Will. That's... See, next night, because the change you need may not be the change you want. See, what you really need, there's a slight possibility that's not what you're asking for. 
I'm going to tell you this. The last thing, and Marianne is a witness, the last thing I was asking the Lord was to be a pastor. I was fine leading worship. I was fine dealing with the youth. But there's a different set of skills and, and troubles that come when you're leading a flock. But that's not what I wanted, but that's what I needed to walk into my nets. And what I'm seeing coming into fruition over the last few months is the Lord bringing us into different circles that had I not received the change that I needed, I wouldn't be there now. So you got to open up yourself to the possibility that the thing that you want, it may not be the thing that you need. Because when the Lord wants to bring change in your life, he does it from the inside out. Not backwards. It's from the inside. See, some of us are longing for approval and we want this and we want that. And the Lord is like, that's not the issue. That's, that's a consequence. That's how it's manifested. But there's a, there's a deeper void. Maybe there's a healing needed from your parents. There's a healing needed uh, from your past relationships. There's a healing needed in order to move on and say, listen, like I said last week, this is not a parking lot. I don't need validation. I don't need to be validated by no one. He's my father. I'm his son. He loves me. I'm good to go. So the change you need may not be the change. Is this good for anyone? Is this good for anyone? So as we evaluate our list, my next slide. What needs, again, needs, not wants. What needs do you need to identify within you? What needs? Not, not wants, but needs. What when you look at your life and we're like, okay, what do I really, what am I really needing? You know, and I keep going back to the, but some of us are striving to have better jobs, right? And make more money and, and, and prove people wrong and not feel like a failure. And the Lord is like, who are you trying to impress? What makes you think you're a failure right now? Have you looked back over your life and seen what you've survived? Mm. other people in your position would have been dead by now and you're still here that doesn't look like a failure to me that looks like a success story and the thing is that we're viewing things from a different lens because this world is, is swarming us and we're believing that by, by this age I told you guys this year I'm turning 40 and one of the things I needed to do last year was like I was having anxiety because I was thinking man I'm going to turn 40, and I don't have this, and I don't have this in line, and I don't own this. And the Lord is like, who are you trying to please, Will? Who, 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 who are you running after? Chill, boy, you will get tired. Take a seat somewhere. Let, let, let me pilot this ship. What needs, not wants, because we all want things, but what needs do you need to identify within you? And um, like I said, this man asked for money, right? Yeah? Peter and John says, Peter says, I don't have any money. Like I said, it could have gone one or two ways. The man would have been like, what? You just, I, there's people passing by. 
You're telling me to pay attention to you when I'm looking for money and there's people passing by. And, and this word is for someone today. My next slide. Sometimes we access our destiny through disappointment. He was disappointed for that moment that they didn't have money for him. And I think that some of us are viewing disappointments as, as defeats, as that went wrong. But what you don't know is that some storms serve as redirection. There are some things that the Lord allows them to come into your life to recalibrate you. <laughs> My dad always says this to me, Will, when it goes good for too long, you forget what it feels like. I know that's not, I, I know that, I know that's an ouch. But when it goes good for too long, you hit cruise control. When it's going good for too long, your prayer life kind of like, so every now and then, the Lord is going to come and shake your life. Because sometimes we start getting this belief that it's because of our own intelligence. Oh, I got that job. I got that promotion. The Lord was like, oh, yeah? Let me see you do it without me. No, I, I, I you know, I got, <laughs> and we hit that cruise control. I've been there. I'm just being real. Am I talking to somebody today that can relate to that? We hit cruise control because things are going good. The Lord's like, hey, you know what? Let me see how dependent you really are. Ah! Let me see how you react. Some of us run away. And some of us run inside the temple. Like the lame man. But some disappointments are just redirections for destiny. And like I said earlier today, I'm glad for some of the no's the Lord has given me. I'm glad for some relationships that didn't work out. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you ought to be glad that he broke your heart. Some of you ought to be glad that it didn't work out. Because <laughs> Some of you ought to be glad that pregnancy test was negative. That's too deep for some, but it's okay. There are some disappointments that the Lord uses for redirection into our destiny. If the man received what he asked for, this would have been a different chapter three. Yes or no? It would have been Peter and John went to the beautiful gate at 3 p.m. to pray. Someone asked him for money, and they gave him money. End of the story. Because the change that you really need is not the one that you want. And he was disappointed for a moment, but he was able to access his destiny through the disappointment. And I know that we're all, everyone in this room at some point has been disappointed about something or about someone. We live in a fallen world where people are going to turn their backs on you. People are going to talk about you. This is the reality of a broken world, the reality of sin. Once, this, once sin came to the earth and entered the earth, that's the reality of where we live in. That's wars. It's all, it's all in scripture. But how do you absorb and how do you respond to disappointment is going to define your destiny. You still with me? And, um, 
in verse 1, we can go back to that verse 1, next slide. It says that they went together to the, to the temple. And I believe, like Marianne said, that there is a power when we come together. Another thing that we can see in verse 1, which is my next slide, is that healthy habits open up space for holy moments. I'm going to say that again. Healthy habits open up space for holy moments. I feel that some of us are just, you know, laying down with our legs crossed, expecting the Lord to just open up the heavens just because of your beautiful face and <laughs> drop some magic potion and do it. And when you're doing nothing in return, I feel more realness on this side. See, the real miracle is in repetition. A lot of people ask me, Pastor, how do you and Marianne have the stamina to always be dynamic in worship? I said, simple, because we train ourselves to do so. What happens? It's a sacrifice of praise. I could be... I could be sick. We could have had a fight in the car on my way here. But once the music starts, my, my hands automatically do this. And I start worshiping because I've trained myself to. It's in repetition. Now, if you allow your emotions to guide that, if your emotions are not in place, your worship will not be. See, what are you saying, Pastor? Well, what I'm saying is that you may need to read your word for 50 days straight. And on that 50th day is when the Lord reveals something for you. And it's not that that 50th day was special. Well, it was special the 49 days before that that gave you the stamina to get up and pray on that 50th day. See, and my fear is that we're living in a generation, especially in a Christian generation, that we want God to be a genie in a bottle. We rub the lamp and the Lord says, what do you want? But we don't want to put in the work to get it. Healthy habits. See, you may pray 77 times straight, and on that 78th time is when the Lord comes through, but you created a habit to do it. See, when I talk to people all the time, hey, listen, you know we're going through a bad time. I'm, I, I, I'm feeling depressed. I'm like, how's your prayer life? Oh, well, you know, Pastor. Oh. How's... how's Oh, I'm feeling like a failure. I'm feeling like I can't move on. I've, how's your prayer life? Uh, you know, we be busy. Okay, there it is. Oh, Mary, uh, my wife and I, we're not seeing eye to eye, man. How's your prayer time together? How are you guys reading scripture together? Well, you know, there it is. See, guys, I wish I could tell you different, but it's not a, it's not a magical equation. It, it's really not. It's for those that, that, that are fit. We have a few in the room that are, I'm surely not. But we have some that are fit, right? What's, what's the definition? It's, it's doing it over and over and over and over and over and over. And, and I, I've, I've had friends and they tell me that you, you're going to get in front of the mirror day one and it's going to seem like you did nothing. You're going to get in front of the gym, in front of the mirror day 10 or day 15 and it felt like you haven't done nothing. But once you do it for 300 days, you start seeing the difference. And that's exactly what happens with, with our Christian walk. I wish I could tell you different. That you will come, drop a prayer here. Whew, like if you were bowling, right through the middle, boom, and the Lord answers. It doesn't work that way. There are the suddenlies of God. I believe in the suddenlies of God. But usually, the Lord wants to test us like gold. And if you go through scripture, 
you see men and women of God that were blessed and that saw the hand of God move in their favor, there's one common denominator. They were able to stick it through. And my question today is, what are your healthy habits in prayer? Or is the Lord an ATM machine for you? You put the prayer in and you take the money out. You put the prayer in, here comes the miracle. It's not Oprah. Who wants a miracle? You get a miracle. It doesn't work that way. It's healthy habits. And I'm wrapping up because I know you guys are hungry. Verse 11. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to the place. Next slide. And I said this before. It may take new relationships to reach new places. Check your circle. Check your circle. Who, who has access to your ear? Can the, are the people in your circle, are those people able to take you beyond the beautiful gate? Or they can only drop you off there and come and pick you up? Can those people only give you change? Or can they give you change that makes sense? Next slide. Verse 8. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. This is what the Lord gave me. Next slide. He says, your revelation of God's grace is made visible in your praise. See, when, when you're grateful, when you've seen the hand of God move, I, listen, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care if, if there's nobody praising. I don't care if there's no, we've been in places where you can hear Marianne and I across the room because nobody else is saying nothing. We don't care. We've been in black churches, white churches. When, when there's a revelation of God's grace in your life, it has to be visible. It has to be visible to others. People need to see that the Lord did something in your life. There needs to be a passion for it. Luke 7, 47 says, next slide. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. In other words, God has done more than enough. So there's no way that I will remain quiet. There's no way that I'm just going to diddle daddle through worship. No, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to open up my mouth. I'm going to jump up and down because I know how good, how, how good God has been. And I think that many times, or it tends to happen that when we've been a Christian for too long, we forget what it was like. We forget how broken we were. And sometimes the Lord wants to give us the, the tape of our lives, put it in and go back and rewind and think about, man, you have been so good. You've given me more than I, than I deserve. But you've also given me less than what I deserve. And I'll close with this. Psalms 45. This is, Psalm, this is the King David, and this is what he's saying. He's saying, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. New year. New me sounds cute, but it's going to be New Year, same you, if there's no real change. See, if there's no life transformation, it's just a change of year, change of decade, change of date. Because the change that you need, it may not be the change you want. Have you been asking God 
for spare change? Because you don't have language to put to healing. Because you've been lame since birth, so healing is not possible. So the only thing that I know is asking for change. So how can I even ask for something else? Because that's all I've done. He, the Bible says that he was lame from, from birth. And I just want us to, just, just where you're at, in this stillness and in this moment, I, as I prepared this week, I, I was crying before the Lord. And I was like, Lord, I really, 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 really want to see change in your people. Nah, hey, we're, we started off strong and we're having some great services and some great worship and, and then it starts fizzling out. Right? And then like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it today. Uh, I don't know how I feel today. I feel down. And I'm not saying you're not going to have those moments. What I'm saying is that if you have invested enough, if you have enough habit of understanding that he's good, that you have discipline in his word, that you have discipline in prayer. This is what I tell people when they ask me, how do you do it? How do you ask? How do you raise three children? I tell them, listen, the goal of Marianne and I is teaching them the answer before the question is asked. Before the boys get asked the question, they know what to answer. That's our prayer. And we mean that in the spiritual sense. They know how to respond when they're faced. That's what we're breeding. That's what we're putting into them. That can only happen with repetition. How do you respond? How do you respond when, when there's deception in your life? But beyond everything, are you aiming to low? Are you asking for change when healing is available? I, are you asking for just some spare change when he wants to give you change that makes sense? So as this music just plays, just the music for a moment, I just want you to close your eyes and just take about a minute and truly, 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 take an in-depth look at your life and say, okay, what do I really need? Not what I may want, but what does my life need? Yeah, I may want more money. Yeah, I may want more of this. Yeah, I may want, but what do I, what do I really need? Just as every eye is closed, if those things start coming to your spirit, I'm going to ask you to be on your feet. to the back of the list because you don't believe that those things are possible. The Lord wants you to bring those prayers up to the front of the list, the top of the list. Some of us have lost the ability to dream because we don't think change is possible. I'm lame, I'm crippled. I will always be lame and crippled because I'm lame and crippled from birth. So God's best is truly not available to me. All I can live off is just some spare change. The word of the Lord for you today is 
Just like Peter and John told the lame man, they said, I don't have silver or gold. But what I do have, I can give you. Get up and walk in Jesus' name. All over this room. Let's worship together.